All right. Welcome to the second episode of our podcast. I wish my boss told me that. Today we have with us my colleague Mahesh. Uh, I've been working with uh, Mahesh for the last two years now, and I must say I'm super impressed. So very much looking forward to learn from him today, to learn from his career experiences. So let me introduce to you Mahesh. So today we have Mahesh Shiva Ramakrishnan. I pronounce it correctly, right? Perfect, Serge. All right. See there, I can do this. So I think we're going to dive straight in because you have this amazing roller coaster career path, I think. So maybe introduce yourself a little bit and talk us through the different steps that you had in, in your career. Thanks a lot, Serge, for having me on the podcast and uh, what an amazing experience. But uh, yeah, let me just give a, a bit of a background on my career and what I've been doing. So I actually graduated and did my MBA in the year 2004. After That's after I finished my bachelor's in economics. And uh, I joined uh, Cities uh, erstwhile at that time back office. Uh, it was called eServe and I joined in a night shift sort of a uh, environment working the graveyard shift from 6 p.m. in the evening till 7 a.m. in the morning. Hardcore. Yeah. Did that for about two and a half years. And uh, yeah, and then at that stage in my career, just uh, moved into 2006. Actually, it was glory days of banking. And then, uh, you know, I uh, wanted to make a jump to uh, be mobile and see a different country. So took the first opportunity that came to me in uh, Singapore. Uh, mobility was the only thing on my mind. It didn't really matter too much about, uh, uh, you know, money in that at that particular point in time. I was uh, single, living a bachelor's life. So took the first opportunity that came to me and, and went to Singapore. Actually joined a trading company and uh, didn't enjoy trading in luxury perfumes too much. So I actually, after three months of being in Singapore, did a cold call to Citibank because I thought, you know, banking was great and I love the bank. So I called, I did a cold call to the treasury operations in Singapore and said, I'm looking for a job and I want to work in the treasury. And they said they have an open position, but uh, not at the salary that I was at. And I would have to take a pay cut to join them. But I decided, man, I'll go for it. I want to be in banking. I want to work with Citi. So I went to Citibank Singapore in 2006, worked there for three years actually in Singapore to 2009 and during the downturn when things were not looking great in the market I actually did a leadership program with them where I felt man let's do something to find out if they were invested in me and you know I really wanted to work with the bank so did a leadership program which takes you to different businesses different parts of um, different parts of the bank and so with them I went with City I went to Shanghai Indonesia Philippines and finally after the 18 month program I said man probably one of the countries I haven't worked in Asia is Malaysia and a different portfolio of cash and trade business so went to Malaysia and then in 2014 decided to come back to India did uh, ran the corporate branch in Bombay uh, where you know I, I managed the branch which is one of the biggest or the biggest branch in India and finally after doing 12 years with Citibank I got a, a role in the world's most richest uh, investment bank in Goldman Sachs in Bangalore and then I moved to Bangalore my entire family was here 
and I actually after doing all these things I came back to doing sort of a treasury role in liquidity operations in uh, in Bangalore I did that for a year but still keeping the goal of being mobile and learning new things I actually moved from operations into risk so I did risk management managing liquidity and treasury again and then in 2018 March uh, actually not Mar- yeah 2017 November I got a call asking if I'll join ABI uh, in treasury and i actually very frankly didn't know what abi was but then when i did a lot of research and found out about the company i said man world's biggest uh, beer manufacturer why not and uh, took the plunge to join the fmcg industry I, i don't want to say i joined the fmcg industry i joined abi uh, and then yeah in 2019 uh, got the role to manage uh, the the a2r span or what we call r2r uh, in a lot of other organizations but yeah and and that's what i'm doing now surge man yeah. what a very exciting and amazing yeah that's an amazing ride you know if you look back at it it's what five six countries that you that you worked in in that in that journey uh and all different types of of operations yeah so that's right i think pretty much like yourself always wanting to take that uh, opportunity to be in uh, different things not just uh, be mm. stuck up about doing one thing and uh, just become uh, just become like you know uh, managing only one span but you know expand your horizon get your hands dirty all over again and start relearning and rethinking things and then learning from the younger generations as you grow in your career so yeah that's been one of the things which i've always wanted to you know keep doing yeah amazing so i see some parallels indeed with with my career no i changed also a lot not that many countries though i only did two countries i went once to the czech republic and then now here in india new things new backgrounds yep uh, which i think makes you a lot richer no to in in your career yep for sure so then i think even culturally you learn so much from these different experiences that when you look back you would think that career growth is the only way to go up and learn but then i think the knowledge you gain from the culture and from where you are uh, sitting and the different kinds of people you're learning with i think that knowledge you'll not get from any kind of you know promotion or no value can replace that so i think you know culturally you learn a lot of different mm. things from different roles and interacting with the people right i'm sure when you come to india you find the culture very different from yeah. what it have been anywhere yeah, it's very very different in fact when i went for the first time from belgium to the czech republic that was already quite a culture shock although it's only it's only what 1000 kilometers from belgium it's not very far right it's probably less from from <laughs> from here to to <laughs> mumbai uh, but the culture there is already very different because you go from west europe to to east europe and then now for sure coming yep. into india very different values i think in the office so so your career was in yeah in in finance right treasury yep. finance yeah uh, so what made you leave you know this very popular sought after jobs in in banking to yep. join abimbef to run a real core operations accounting organization basically Yeah, it's a very very good question Serge and you know when I joined banking I think everyone looked at bankers as uh, hot shot bankers right I think even today you'd see all my photographs are all suited booted <laughs> now I come to work in a jeans and t-shirt different environment <laughs> but uh, I mean there's two things right Serge one is I used to work on the trading floor and at that stage in uh, 2006 I took a jump to move out of the trading floor and move into core operations one of the observations which i made was you need to find out man what are your priorities so i had certain priorities and when i looked at my priorities i said man okay you know what um 
if I'm looking at the sales guy or at that, uh, we call them traders, right? On the trading floor, they are traders. Mm. What do traders do? Traders manage a book and then they call in and they book a deal because they think that's based on their analysis. And, and I don't want to, you know, uh, anywhere look down on their job. It's a tough job, high pressure job. They call and book the trade. But then who looks after the trade, right? It was people like me, right? I was like sort mm. of a trading assistant who would go into the trade, look at the trade, make sure that the trade is booked right, understand it end to end, understand the flow, know what's happening. So who knew how this whole thing is working? Who knew how at that time the bank was making money? Me. Because only I was looking at the intricate details of every single thing. If there was one thing wrong in that trade, probably the bank would lose a lot of money. But then, you know, you really understand the impact of every single number. And that was coming from being operations, right? So I look at, you know, a trader, if you look at an architectural world, man, you look at a trader, he comes and lays the foundation stone and goes. But after that, who builds the whole building and puts everything together, decides where the bedroom should go, where the dining room should go, who knows the intricate design is actually the architect, right? That guy will sit and do the entire mapping and things like that's, Yep. was the operations person. And I found that if you want to learn banking or if you want to learn anything, that's where you want to that's where you want to be. Right. So mm. I grew my career in banking operations. And then when ABI came along, I think, you know, what really struck me and what actually I I what grew on me as I joined ABI and as I was coming and interviewing with ABI, as I read more and more about the company, one is I read a lot about the leaders. Right. I think uh, right from the CEO to the, that time CFO when I joined the company uh, and really the thought process and uh, the principles I felt man really people were talking and every single person I spoke to when I interviewed with you know spoke in a very very similar manner about these principles about the way they work super passionate about the job and I felt it was very aligned with what I am so that's the reason mm-hmm. I joined ABI but more so in operations I think you really get to know each and every line of why it's working, how it's working. And an example of that is when I was in uh, the Singapore Treasury team, uh, you know, there was a rollout. I was in operations at that time. There was a rollout of a new product uh, which they were planning to launch. And we, the operations team, me and a few other team members said, man, we are not available that week. And they had even disclosed out in the market that they were launching the product. But just because operations were not available, they postponed the entire launch by a couple of weeks. And they waited for us to get back and say, okay, now you're ready. And then we decided to launch. So I think when you look at operations, sales, marketing, the big thing is people in operations sometimes tend to feel when we are the back office. But Mm. I think that's only a mindset, right? I mean, I don't think we are really the back office. We are also the business. So we shouldn't call marketing and sales the business when we are all the business. And I think without each other, none of us can survive. So I think as important as sales is to the business, I mean, I think there's equal importance is there for operations who are the backbone of a lot of stuff we do. So for me, both put together is what is constituting the business. And it's up to us to believe and make sure that, you know, we also feel like we are part of the business. Yeah, yeah, fully agree, man. I think it's true. We we always put a lot of emphasis on on sales and marketing and and, okay, they deserve all the credit because they, they indeed go to the customers and they get the sale done. But then the operation team steps in or has to step in to to close the deal, no, to close the sale, to make sure that uh, you know the the dollars get invoiced, that the cash also hits the bank, it hits the the bank account, and that's a lot of stuff that you're involved in now today with your team. Yep, yep. I think it's very much like how 
probably you would have learned a lot in your logistics days right? mm. of how the beer actually goes to the to the consumer or the customer or the place that it needs to be right i mean the person making the sale will not know that intricate detail of the the logistics piece right that's yeah. like yeah. no true so that's when i went to logistics in uh, 2009 so i did how many years in it i spent 12 years i think in it right it management type of roles and then i got the opportunity to move to the czech republic to go and run our logistics operation and until then i had no clue about logistics i never yeah <laughs> i never worked in operations i never worked in in logistics so i joined that team and i think during those three four years that i was running that logistic operation, I really got to understand how the business works because it goes all the way from the moment that the sales team has sold the beer all the way down to, you know, really delivering the beer to the customer, to the, the pub or, or the retailer. And you look at all aspects. You look at, you know, the order that comes in, making sure you have sufficient yeah. stock, you know, deploying the stock across all the different uh, warehouses that we have in the first tier or the second tier, transporting the goods, through trucks yeah. or rail or ocean shipping, whatever it is, right? Up until the moment that, you know, the customer really accepts the goods and it's finally there in his warehouse or, or on the shelf. So I also love operations. I've been in it for yeah. almost 20 years. I love it because then you really see how the business works. Yes. No, agree. So um, maybe back to your career there. So you talked a lot about a lot of different steps that you did, and I heard you say here and there that ah, I took a pay cut, and, and and here I decided to go internationally. How did you decide which you know next step to take? Because I, I think that's something that a lot of young people struggle with is to figure out when to decide to change role uh, or maybe change company, change department. How did you take these uh, decisions? Yeah, and. I think keeping in line with the theme of the podcast, Serge, in terms of I wish I knew this a lot earlier, yeah. I think this is super important that this should have been something that I should have done a lot earlier than I actually did it. But I think one of the main things which I share with a lot of people when whenever they are starting their career or making career moves or changes is have your priorities, right? So I think one of the things which I do and I keep it, I do it very meticulously, I actually write it down, I have a book to put it in is first and foremost, define your priorities. Why why are you doing what you're doing and what is important uh, for you, right? So my priorities, uh, and, and I think the key is you keep it to three, maybe four, but at a time focus on three and try to order them. Yeah. And these three, four, don't change them too much as in try your best not to change them at all through your career if possible. So I actually chose my three priorities as mobility, content, and value and when i say content it's more of you know what what you're doing right so i chose what to come back about. yes what the job oh. is about exactly and mobility a lot of people especially in india would probably feel man mobility means only moving to different places or different countries no mobility can also mean moving to different functions or moving mm. to a different industry in the same place that you're in right it depends on what stage you are in your life you know your family your background and things like that as well so if you look back at my career, um, when I started out and when I actually moved to Singapore, uh, I moved from India to Singapore. I had I had a, I had a good salary to manage for myself. But then when I decided, man, I want to go back to banking, I didn't want to move out of Singapore at that stage. Mm. So at that stage for me, content was number one. 
right and at that stage i had even decided that i want to work with citibank because my first two years of experience with citibank were amazing the only reason i moved out is because at that stage i wanted to be mobile but i realized pretty quickly that for me the content was super important and i had already decided that i would do anything to move back into citibank so regardless of my experience my background where i am when i got a call from citibank to say man we are willing to take you i was like yeah man I, I called the treasury. The treasury called me back and said, when they want me, I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. Right. So I think it's very important to not just write these down, but then to follow it from your heart, right? Really do and follow it saying, man, this is what I set out to do and follow it, right? Follow your priorities. Mm. The other thing is in 2009, when you look at the entire downturn and the banking industry, you know, really not doing that well. At that stage, I said, man, don't try to make too many changes in terms of the company. But find a way for, if you love the company, find a way to say, man, what can you invest in the company and what can you give in to the company such that the company also will feel you're fully invested and invest in you. And that's when I decided, okay, let's do the leadership program. It comes back to my priority of being mobile because the leadership program offered you mobility. Mm-hmm. And then you're sort of committed to the bank because the bank's investing on you. right? And I think I've told this story a few times, but my colleagues and peers at that time were all growing to the next level. And when I got into this program, there was no growth for me. I would just be part of an elite program and I would see growth only after the program in terms of career growth. But then I think what I learned in those 18 months to two years of the program, no amount of money or Mm. no amount of promotion or no amount of growth would have given me that. So I think, you know, that way, if you start following your priorities and set out to do what you're doing, I think it'll, I mean, success will follow, right? It's it's not a running race of 100 meters that we are running in our career. This is a marathon and we are here for the long haul. Yeah. So I think have your priorities, write down your priorities and keep going and reading them, right? Keep re- reading them, reevaluate where you stand with every circumstance that hits you. And then it'll all, uh, it'll all work out and work better for you, right? It's not a comparison of, for example, Serge's career versus Mahesh's career, right? I think we all have success in our own ways and there will be failures here and there or i would call them you know roadblocks and you just have to live with them and reevaluate where you are and uh, relook at these priorities yeah. so i think the priorities for me is the most important so you look in those priorities in in three areas you said right one is the mobility content yep. and the third one and value value uh, okay. value in terms of money career growth because i think yeah. that is also important but when you look at value, you have to look at things like what is your network, mm. right? How do you reach out to senior management, right? How close are you to the leaders of the company or the leaders who you want to be like? What's the value that you bring? Tomorrow, if there's a problem, will people really call you? Do people really bother that you exist? I think all those things are very valuable, right? That you are valued in the organization and you value the organization. Yeah, uh, so. uh, I think you made a, a very good point there. So I, I never wrote down my priorities, to be honest. So it's very interesting, very interesting learning. <laughs> To see how, and I think it's a it's a good idea to put those priorities really somehow on a you know on a piece of paper for you to to remember and and to organize your thoughts around. Uh, I never did. The way I looked at my career uh, is in terms of what I call experiences, right? So typically, when you do your job really well, right? When you achieve amazing results, then typically you get proposals to do another type of role. And what I would look at is what are the new experiences that I can get out of the next role? Much more than the level, you know, or the the banding, the level, the grade of, of that next role. If I would do a move 
from like I did, for example, from IT into logistics. It was without a promotion, even though if I would have stayed in, in, in IT at that time, I would have most likely had a promotion in the next maximum one to two years. But I chose to move out of IT for the learning because I knew that my learning was more or less kept there in, in IT management. I moved out, went into logistics, stayed a little bit longer at the same level, uh, but you know, broadened my base uh, a lot, a lot more. But then, what what you tend to get is this kind of peer pressure, no? Because all of a sudden, you see your other, you know, campus yes. mates or friends, whatever. You see them advancing; they go to a, a higher yes. grade. You don't. How do you cope with with that peer pressure? Yeah, and I think that's a. I mean, that's a very that's that's a great question again, Serge. And I think uh, for me, there's a couple of things, and I think this is more personal than anything else. I can only give tips; people mm-hmm. can you know follow it or feel differently about it. Um, it depends on where you are, also, right? So I think if you write down your priorities and if you know why you're doing what you're doing, I don't think any kind of peer pressure will impact you. So one of the things which I've been very aware of is be aware of what you're doing today and why you're doing it, right? So every time you think, man, why am I doing my job or why am I in this job? You have to open that book and look at your priorities and look at, I mean, when I came to ABI, it became, man, look at your dream. What is your dream, right? And what are you doing today to go closer to the dream, right? So as long as you feel and you know personally that you're in it to reach that dream and you're doing today what you set out to do, one, the peer pressure should not uh, affect you, right? Where it does affect you the most probably is when you go out for a drink and then you talk to these different people who are your friends and you're having a nice beer and they are like telling you, oh, you know, I talked to the CFO, I talked to the CEO because now I'm a VP and I do this and I do that. Right. But I think you need to, I mean, rather than feel the, the first feeling of feeling, oh, man, that person is so lucky. I, I think the feeling should be, man, great. That person, that person is doing great in their career and we're really happy for them because they're our friend. But then would you give what you have learned and your experiences to go to that person's shoes? Because every person would have put in certain effort, certain sacrifices. So would you give away what you have to be in that person's shoes? And I think invariably the answer will be no, right? You would want to choose your own path and you would want to choose the way you want to go and write the script your own way rather than give up Mm. what you have and go into that person's shoes. So I think everyone has a path that they choose, assuming that they had their priorities, probably they had better priorities for themselves. But for example, would I give away my mobility to take two promotions and be more senior than what I am today? Probably not. I mean, not probably not, but never. No. I would never want to give away any of the, like you said, right, the experiences I've had. I've loved every single experience and I felt there's a time and that time for me has come now to be at a certain level and then to be at the next level, my time will come again. So I think it's a bit uh, personal of how mm. you look at it. But I think as long as you start writing down and you know what you're doing today to go closer to your dream and if you believe it, man, you will go closer to it. It's not going to matter where the other person is. So I think you need to look at yourself rather than keep looking at the others and say, look at what they have versus you. I think you have a lot more Mm. if you look at yourself. Wow, very nice. So uh, another thing that I see, and and I mentioned it briefly at the beginning of the, the podcast, is that one difference between our two careers is that I've worked for only two companies in those 23 years, you've worked for for several companies. Um, so what are some of the things that you look at when you decide to work for a certain organization? So I think 
uh, I've worked, yeah, I worked with Citibank for 12 years, but various different entities within the bank, I made various changes. And I think you need to, I mean, you need to evaluate and you need to know, one, first of all, your priorities, right? First of all, it's about yourself, your family, you reevaluate both professionally and personally for yourself. But I think after that, what you need to look at is, what is the organization that you're joining, right? Do you know enough about the organization to make that decision to put your career in the hands of that organization, right? And don't just look at the organization, read about the organization and say, okay, man, now I'm, I like this organization. I think you've got to love the organization. So you've got to know the organization well enough to say, this is a place that I would love to work. And this is a place I know I will enjoy. Now, you can't know it 100% till you go in because, I mean, when you look from the out, it will be different, obviously. But I think you need to then be, you know, educate yourself. Don't just go for an interview without looking at, you know, the website and understanding. So I think know the organization, know the leaders, right? So I think I think one, this is a very, very important point for a lot of people who are joining a company. Know who the leaders of the company are and see if the mindset of the leaders is very much towards how you also think. And I'm not and I'm not talking about just the manager you're going to be working for, right? So you look at the manager, the manager's manager, go all the way to the CEO and the CFO and the people who actually run the company and then mm. listen to them speaking. All company CFO, CEOs would have spoken in some forums. It would at least be on their websites. Listen to them, understand what their philosophy is and see if the philosophy matches with yours. Because I think once you love the organization and once you become aware of the leaders, and then you say, man, this is the kind of mindset and this is the kind of company that I want to make in. You will not fail ever. And the reason I say this is because you made that decision after full analysis. And I think the human ego will seep in to say, man, I made this decision. I'm going to make my career a success. And I know I'm in the best company and under the best leadership. So I think these are things that I do very diligently. And then once you get into the organization, Look at leaders in the organization who you want to emulate and start networking, right? Start finding your way to those leaders who you think will sort of help you navigate your career and who will become advisors because you'd have that respect already for them. Don't choose mentors for whom you don't feel like, man, I want to emulate this person. Try to get as close to the leaders who you have complete respect for. So I think the first two is before you mm. even get in, in terms of knowing in the organization and the leaders. And then finally, is I think once you're in, try to network as much as you can so you succeed in growing your career in that organization. Yeah, great. I, I didn't hear you talk about the role at all. Right? One of the things that surprises me nowadays, for example, when we go to campus, is a lot of people say, I want to have this role. And, yes. You know, whichever company offers me, it doesn't really matter as long as I can do this role. I want to do this type of activity in marketing or I want to do this in yeah in finance, and then of course they, they know some companies that they would like to join, but they're not, not very focused. Whereas my view is, is much more like yours, is make up your mind which organization really fits with you know, your beliefs, uh, the type of culture that you want to work in, the leaders that you will work for, and then the role, because the role will change anyway. After two, three years, yep. you will do a different role anyway. The company, the company will not change, the leaders might not change, the role yep. ultimately will change. Huh? And I think that's a big learning for me, even at this stage in a company like ABI. So one of the things I really love about ABI is when I go to LinkedIn and I look at my sort of peers in other companies on LinkedIn, I see that, man, an A2R or an R2R director is invariably a chartered accountant, has a CA mm -hmm. in front of their name, right? A lot of them. 
Whereas, man, I am an economics graduate who's done an MBA. I don't have any accounting, you know, sort of a background in certain terms of being a chartered accountant or a CPA. I'm not saying that that's not valued, but I think ABI gives you the opportunity based on your mindset with the with the belief that if this person has the right mindset, they'll probably learn anything, right? And it's yeah. about that mindset which you know puts you in an environment to challenge you. And I love that. I think we should all be challenged. And that's where the mobility point comes in. Right? It's not always about men going to another country or another place, but you're completely out of your comfort zone. And that makes you think differently, learn new things and completely change the way you would sort of think of the way you're doing a job. That's what we believe in. We believe to stretch people out of their comfort zone and then the learning for them will be 10 times more than if you work in your comfort zone. Uh, yeah. And of course, also the results that ultimately you deliver, you know, will be will be something that you cherish afterwards because you you tend to go in into this type of role with a lot of nervousness and yep. and you know because uh, yep. you think oh my god am I going to be able to run this logistics operation? I've never did, done it before, but then you work hard, you learn a lot of things, and then yep. it gives you really uh, a lot of satisfaction when when you made it you made it work. You know? And then maybe a last question, Mahesh, in the context of our podcast here, I wish my boss told me that. Can you give us one or two learnings from your career that you had hoped your first boss would have told you? Yep. Um, So I think I'd start with the number one being the priorities. Write your priorities down Mm -hmm. and have that book where you put those priorities down, right? For me, that's even before any tips that I had got from my boss, I should have basically got that way before any tip, right? Um, And I should have written it down a lot earlier than I did. And the second one in line with the priorities is you decide what you control. There is no excuse of saying the other person, my manager, my junior, my CEO, my CFO didn't do. I think we shouldn't look at what you can't control. You, you decide what you can control and take control of your career. There is no excuse for that. So these two are even before the tips that I give, things that I feel we must do. And then I want to leave everyone in the podcast with three tips which I feel when I should have or I would have really enjoyed if my manager had told me. Probably things which are very basic and which we already know. But I think there are three things. I even put them in an order which I feel is important, right? Uh, the first one is there's no replacement for hard work, Right. Uh, And in that, I think everybody knows that there's no replacement for hard work. But within that, what I want to tell everyone is work like every day is your last day, but still knowing that you're going to be back the next day. Right. So I heard this from many people. And probably if you've uh, gone uh, through a resignation or leaving an organization, actually, after you after you resign or after you know that you're moving even within an organization, you start working really hard to say, man, okay, when I move from here, people should talk about me and people should still miss me. So I'd say, man, work like every day is your last day, but still knowing that you'll be back the next day, right? So that Mm. will make you really, really work hard. The second thing is do not be afraid of failure, right? Uh, Don't work on something saying, what if I fail? Or don't share an idea saying, man, what if it's not a good idea? What you learn from failure is far more important than the failure itself, you, when you learn from the failure and when you go through failure, you will come out even stronger, right? Put yourself out there with the intent of being successful and don't worry about the failure, right? Think that you will be successful. If you fail, 
just remember that when you there is a learning from that and remember that you take that learning in times of crisis i think there's more opportunities than in terms of success so when you succeed of course we all want to succeed and we will succeed but when you fail and when there's a crisis there are immense opportunities yeah. right when for example in my career in the 2009 downturn i looked at the leadership program in city as an opportunity but man the company is going to invest on you so what if you don't grow you'd still come out stronger and you'd know you'll have a job because the company's invested on you and believe that you're a future leader of the company right and my final point is always stay humble and inquisitive right and both go hand in hand because all of us in our careers at some stage will see both success and growth right so as you grow in an organization you will become a senior leader you will manage a big group of people right but then like all the other campuses and new people coming in they will come in with new ideas and with a lot of things that they know which is a lot more than me but if i want to continue to learn i have to let down my guard be inquisitive and stay humble and know how to sort of relate to the new people coming in and respect the knowledge that they have what i have learned in my mba from 2002 to 4 is definitely outdated so i think you need to stay humble and you need to stay really inquisitive right remember as a leader when you grow in the organization you will have career experiences and just like me your career experiences will be valued and you will be sharing those experiences so don't worry that if you if people come in who are smarter and better than you that you'll become outdated you'd never lose the experience provided you have your priorities set straight and you're following the priorities you'll always have a story to tell so those are my three tips sir. all right that's a uh... Very powerful tips. So I'm pretty sure everybody who listened to this podcast is going to go through some acceleration in their career here, right? Because they'll be writing down for sure their three priorities and start looking at how to make their next uh, career choices. So thanks a lot, Mahesh. Great to have you on the show. Thanks a lot, Serge. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. And I'm looking forward to listening to and participating <laughs> in a lot more of these. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Mahesh.